This is the Red Sign Podcast, a deep dive into legacy wealth building through real estate. Welcome to the show. Hey, everybody. I'm Clay Winder here with my good old pal, Hayden Hewlett. Welcome to the show. Hey, we are turning the corner and wrapping up 2021. And uh, we just got dumped on with a bunch of numbers that I think are very important to talk about. But before you tune out on this episode, (laughs) I want you to know that yes, we have a crystal ball in the room right now that will predict the future. So you do not want to tune out. That's right. Okay, I lied. But we're going to do our best here. Listen, here's what's going on. You guys know we've had just a wild ride. And we, as you've noticed, about every other month, we drop an episode that is just a good old where are we at? And most importantly, where are we headed? So I want to talk about just a couple of things. And we'll keep this short and sweet. But first of all, I want to tell you about what we call shift watch. Everybody asks us on a regular basis, are you still buying real estate? Are you afraid of a shift? Are you afraid of the market crashing? Are you afraid of all these things? There is a lot of a lot of fear out there. And I get it, right? Because once prices get high, people get a little fearful. And we just saw 20, I can tell you right now, 28.3% appreciation year over year from October to October. We have our numbers through October and uh, it's November right now. And so people want to know like, boy, is that really sustainable or is that totally a bubble and all that? So, so that's why we keep talking about this is because we keep getting that, that question asked to us. But shift watch is important. There's a few stats that if you want to try to have a crystal ball and say, okay, do we really have a bubble or is it real? We look at the following things. We know we will have a shift coming and we will have, we will have I don't want to say bad things. It's not good or bad, but we will have uh, a slowing housing market when we have first more inventory, right? Supply and demand. Number two, we watch our days on market. How long does it take for a home to sell? Days on market increases. We have less pending or under contract and we can follow that. Um, when you see realtors getting out of the business, when we see our membership of realtor, realtors in the Association of Realtors shrinking opposed to growing, that's a number we want to watch for shift watch. And then, of course, lower production of homes in, in the new construction world are, are less permits being pulled. Those are all signs that we have a declining market. Uh, what do you think is happening right now on all of those things? And again, this is fall. This is our quote unquote slow season here in Utah where our seasonality does reflect, generally speaking, the temperature and it's getting cold outside. So is our market cold right now, Hayden? It's cooling to a degree. Okay. So what are those degrees? Yeah. Like let's get into it. Like what are these things that are actually changing? Why would you say to a degree? So I've had three listings in the last couple months, two were in Orem and one in Harriman. And there was one thing consistent with all three of them. And it's that we got two or three offers on every home versus even just six months ago, seven, seven months ago, yeah. seven or eight or 20, depending on the home, right? We, we dealt with some of those. So I think that- And how was your days on market? Um, short, but it was, I would say with seven days, like we had okay. made a decision or less, five to seven days, we were right. under contract. We had one that was to- a total anomaly that just, we just- crappy luck. We fell out of contract a few times, but literally put it right back under contract two or three more times and got it closed down this week. So um, I, I just think that that, and you know, what's funny and, and that was, this was discussed in our meeting today, but most of them are like right at asking price. Well, 
we, we do that net sheet with our, with our clients, right? We go through and we say, Hey, if we, this is what we think your home is worth. And then here's all the, I love, I feel like we do a really good job breaking down the numbers. So they see what they're, they're going to net at the end of the day with their home. Right. Um, and I always put in closing costs. Well, that's something on every single offer my sellers haven't had to pay, which is different than a year or two ago. Right. So, right. So that's still showing aggressive offers. Yeah. So every, everything was really aggressive people. It's interesting because I, like, I, I feel like a lot of buyers, if you're, if you've been shopping for a while and you're getting tired, hang in there because you're close to getting a home. I really believe that. I think this market is cooling just enough that there's still way more buyers than sellers right now. But I think that pricing has gone up and out, out and you can feel free to jab at any of this, but I'll let the numbers jab at it when you're done. Perfect. So <laughs> this is great. So I, I think we're seeing pricing going up. So people are getting priced out of the market to some degree. And we're seeing, I almost wonder how many people have just like given up after looking at a hundred homes and putting in 50 offers and like hang in there because I think that there's some people that could have gotten into these homes that maybe didn't even try if that right. makes sense. Well, one thing that's interesting, you said you essentially got your list prices. Did you yeah. get much over your list prices? So on the Harriman townhome that I listed, we listed it low on purpose because we wanted it to move fast and we're $20,000 above asking price. And the other two? It fits right into the market value. Well, and the reason I asked The other is- two were just above either just above or right at the purchase price. Right. Because the stats right in front of our face show that in quarter two of this year, we were at a hundred, our sales price was 103% of the list price. So 3% higher than what people were asking they were getting. Yeah. And that's a result of multiple offers competing. The numbers that just came out for Q3 were back down to barely over 100%. Hmm. Saying that, yeah, there's still some going over. Clearly there are some under as well, but for the most part, people are getting what they're asking, but they're not getting the bidding wars. Exactly what you just said. Yeah. That's that's what the numbers are they're also reflecting. Yeah. And we do a good job, you know, we've, we it, really all it takes is one competing offer. And then if you right. play it right, you can, you know, you're going to net the best you for your seller. But, yeah. Right. Well, so a few key things to answer these questions too. And people say, well, where do you actually get your number? Where are your sources? It's easy for us to say, well, our four houses that we sold last month, here's what happened, or here's what we have going with our, and I like doing that because that shows like reality, like boots on the ground. This is what we're dealing with. But for more macro stats, we get our stats from utahrealestate.com, which is our MLS, um, from the Keller Williams website, which is kwutah.com. The Association of Realtors does a monthly report. And we really have liked on the new construction stuff, the University of Utah has the Ivory Gardner Institute, which puts together the report that the governor's office uses for their um, economic summit and a lot of their reports. And so that's what I, that's what we got dumped on today. And I'm not going to go over everything. It's hard to go over stats on this, but I do want to get a sense of the market. And again, acknowledge that, yes, we just had as the state of Utah, in fact, if you look at all the 50 states, they just ranked year over year. And this is, this is uh, summer to summer. So 2022 versus 2021, the appreciation rate of all 50 states. Did you already look at it? I did. You did. All right. All you podcast listeners, who was number one in the country? Everyone wants to say Texas or Florida. It wasn't. They had the most net migration, but no appreciation. Idaho won. Congratulations, Spud lover, Idaho folks. Uh, <laughs> you beat us barely. You Actually, beat they us. beat us by a decent amount. They, they whooped everybody 37%. Wow. Welcome to the crazy, bo- and that's all that Boise market. It went 
popular. Uh, but Utah did come in at number two at 28.3% as a whole. We should speculate know. on that sometime why Idaho beat Utah. I don't know. And I'd like to see, but here's the most interesting thing about this number is when we looked back at all the cycles, we have several peaks. We had the 94 peak, we had the 2006 peak, and now we have the 2020 peak is what we'll call it. Well, really it's still 2021 peak. We peaked May. We all know that we peaked May with like the craziness of, of all of these numbers was May of this year. Well, April, May. Um, we have come out of every one. That's what we were looking at today is we, Utah does come out of things fairly stable. With the exception of the Great Recession, that kicked everybody's butt, but the 94 one, even the Great Recession, we still pull out of these things with a couple of years of stability. And uh, we'll see if that happens, you know, this this go around as well. And we'll really see if Idaho has to really retract. Because the most people, the most uh, important stat that I always look at, I wish I could show this. It's hard on a podcast. All you listeners don't know what I'm looking at, but I am looking at the trend line. Um, this is on the national. This is the when people say, "Do you have a crystal ball, Clay?" Almost 100% of the time, I think of this exact slide. And what this is is this is the trend line for simply the the median home value in America. And every single year, we're looking at it for, through the 80s, 90s. Um, and it just shows this steady, steady growth of 4%. We call it the 4% line. And it just says appreciation of real estate has always just stayed on this 4% line. And then you can see starting in 03, 04, 05, and 06, we went way above that line. And then, of course, the market corrected in 07 and 08 and 09, and then it fell to its bottom. Are these prices per square foot or what is this? No, no, no. They're just missing the last three zeros. Oh, so the 101,000. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, so essentially in 2011, 2012 was the bottom of the, the recession. Then we started a new trend at 4%, but it was almost like a new line. And for years, 2012, 2013, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, and 19, it's at a new 4% line just parallel with the original 4% line. And I remember on national stages around the country, when we would travel, there were experts on stage saying, perhaps we just, the great recession was just so big. We just started a new line. And we all bought into that, that we just had a new line that just, that just, that just was the world we live in. But guess what happened over the last 12 months? We jumped all the way back up to the original four percent line mm. so it just validated that hey maybe that four percent line which is like the beginning of history you know if you go way back is truly like a line that can be the crystal ball which means if we're under that line we'll always get back to it but it also tells me if we have you know one two three four five years at trending too far above that line we will correct so again, back to those numbers, we're going to watch those numbers, but I'm going to watch this number too and see how true is that line. And we did surpass it. We're barely above it. it based on this, it says our average median home price in America should be 330000 But right now, or when this was pulled, we were at three forty one. So we barely surpassed that original 4% line. Just this year. Yeah, this was, yeah. This was summer. Yep, this was August 2021. This stat specifically that's in front of me. So here's what's interesting, and I don't want to steal any of your thunder here. No, that's so, good. I just that was my well, soapbox on my crystal ball for this. this. That, that that's awesome. We should for sure link to this. But the uh, what was interesting was how long will we last above that trend line? 
And hearing hearing the statistic today that we're still forty four thousand homes. Now you are still on my Sunday. That's the I'm next sorry, year. No, this is good though. This is good. So keep saying your comment because what yeah. what confidence does this give you right here? Yep, this is where you're going. Again, this is Ivory Boyer Institute at a University of Utah that counsels the governor and the state legislature on making housing decisions. So finish your so segue yeah, so into it's, this. It's at least going to take us a few years. Here's what's interesting. I've been in real estate almost four years now. From the time I started, we have hovered somewhere between 40 and 50 something thousand homes that were short on, I think. Am I right there? Yeah, we're still there. So this so is the census. really changed. Go ahead. No, this hasn't changed. Yeah. So the census data from 2010, right? In the yeah. recession all the way to now is this is building permits versus how many households have we either adopted because people moved to Utah or recreated through kids turning 18, getting married, whatever. COVID obviously created this massive rush that I think is going to need time to settle out. You mean with net migration yeah. coming into Utah? Sure. I mean, whatever it might be. And so what it's saying here is how many households, again, not houses, but households were created over the number of permits that we created, right? And so like 2010, 15,000, 2011, 13,000, 9,000, 2,000, 1,000, 6,000, 4,000. And it wasn't until 2018 that we started building more homes than our net population was growing in households, right? So 2018, we were finally negative 1,106 homes. And so we could start placing these families. So right now, as, as the time that this was polled, which was just in the last couple of days, the Institute says that we are underbuilt on houses versus households by 44,000. So we're still in the 40s. Yeah. And we have crazy. been now for three years because we just barely started building more homes than our growth. But this just tells us we have 44,000 households that essentially are, I don't want to say displaced, but they're, they're in basements. They're, they're not in how, you know, they're not yeah. renting either because this counts. For, it's just saying we grew by more permits and these permits do calculate for apartments and rentals as well. It's just saying building unit permits all across the board. So we're underbuilt. So this goes back to the original part of the conversation, which is on shift watch inventory. This is supply and demand. And so we, we, it's just, it's not rocket science, but it is a little bit of science, a little bit of math. And that is, you will know when things shift, when our inventory changes. And what this tells us is we're still underbuilt. So when we see building permits, maybe start to slow down and homes sit on the market, that might tell us, okay, people are finding houses. You know, there might be a shift coming, but we just don't have that quite yet. We're yeah. still just powering through. But days on market is a real thing because there is an attitude for sure. Consumer confidence is, is not great. That was one of the slides we saw. And I think in general, ask your neighbors, talk about housing. People are not as zealous about, about real estate today as they were even just one year from now or even six months from now. It, the, the, the prices and just how out of, out of whack things got really have put a damper on, I think, on a lot of people's attitudes, like you said. And that's kind of where we're cheerleading, like, hey, don't don't freak out, everybody. You don't need to be fearful of a crash or something like that. The data is just not here that says there's going to be a crash. What this data tells us is that we may see some slowing down and slowing down, not necessarily in price, but slowing down simply in it's not as competitive. Homes might sit on the market a little longer than normal. Buyers might have a few more options and sellers might just need to actually work now to sell their homes. You actually might need to evict the, the five cats that are running around your house and actually clean it up because it might take a little effort now to sell it. Yeah. That's all we say when we say it's slowing down. And so, and that could be a good thing. And there's plenty of people that argue, thank goodness 
We yeah. need this to get back. If a lot of these stats just kind of plateaued, I don't think you'd, I, I think you'd have a lot of people that would actually be relieved. Do you remember the stat that Johnny gave up there today when we were listening to this about how many people got priced out of the market in the past? Yes, almost 50%. Yeah, yeah it said the median number. income versus the median sales price now, yeah. just based on like qualifying numbers. And, and I wish I did, pull that. I don't have that printed out right here, but it was, it was 40 something percent. It was high 40s. It was like 48%. Yeah, that's what I remember. Yeah, I think it was 48%. 48% of, of, of people can't afford based on their income the average sales price right now. Yeah. That's a scary stat. But what's the silver lining? Do you remember the comment I made? And I'll make it right here. And that is the silver lining on that is again, what's the theme of this podcast? Put your investor hat on. The name of the game this year was home sales and prices, home sales and prices. The name of the game next year is going to be rental prices, rent increases, yeah. because now you have 40% of the population that might not have a choice unless they can get a cosign or get some, some help or maybe buy a house with some family members or something. They might be forced to rent. You're going to see a downward pressure on the rentals, which means rents are going up, which is great for all of us landlords that own rental properties. We'll all see a nice little price bump here next summer when we're up for our, our cyclical renewals on our leases. Uh, but it also could be scary on a macro level that so many people, I mean, we have the inflation, we all know that's going on, but man, housing is going to get expensive. It already is expensive, but rentals are now going to get more and more expensive. One of our developers told me that he was at an ivory uh, gardener meeting in the past few weeks and they said they're they're anticipating they own a thousand or a couple thousand units and he was saying they're anticipating rents going up about 10 percent a year the next two or three years well could be so, if housing prices just went up 28.3 percent wouldn't rent follow maybe yeah. and that's that's well, clay talking i'm not yeah. the expert but in theory my thought is well, why wouldn't rent see a 28 percent bump either maybe there's maybe their inventory is not as as tight as our inventory is on the sales side um, but my guess is with vacancy rates so low, that probably is. Yeah. So could could we now see the lag of rents going up? You bet. I think that's going to be the news article yeah. that, that we'll see all going in through the spring. So again, what is, so when people ask me, well, Clay, are you afraid of this market? There's a shift looming. No, there's no shift. Well, are you really still investing into real estate? Yes. Because I'm not looking at speculating and selling. I'm looking at long-term rentals. And this tells me, even though I'm going to spend over 500000 for a townhome right now in, in, on the Wasatch front, rents will back it up. Yeah. And future rents increasing really sure up my investment and my confidence in making that investment. So yes, I'm buying more rentals right now. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not slowing down. Same. Okay. I hope this was helpful. Uh, we could spend four hours. I know and we're not, we're going to keep this one. Uh, we're going to wrap it up right now. I hope this was use useful for everybody and hopefully gave some insights that we're not, uh, uh, everyone's not just running around speculating and guessing on the market. This is real data. Follow those market shift uh, key indicators, keep an eye on them. And we'll check in, like I said, every couple of months on days on market and how that's going and our inventory levels and uh, you will hear first right here on this podcast when we know the shift is coming, but it's not coming anytime soon. So relax and, and enjoy the holidays. If you've purchased a home in the past year or you own multiple properties, congratulations on your 100000 in equity. That you congratulations on your 28.3% increase yep. on average. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. You've been listening to the Red Sign Podcast a deep dive into legacy wealth building through real estate. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>